previously on Cyril Reed's Ninja Gaiden. After traveling halfway around the world to seek vengeance for his father's death, 13-year-old Ryu Hayabusa has suddenly realized that he's having a really bad day. Within the last few hours, he's been kicked off of a college campus, he got into a fight with some dude at a local bar, he's been shot, he let his only lead get injured, and nearly died from falling out of a minecart. He accidentally lost the only statue that was standing in the way of total world destruction, he fell to his death again, he beat up a couple of bosses, and now has come face to face with the evil Jacquio character. What is our hero Ryu going to do? Will he be set ablaze when he's hit by Jacquio's lightning attack? Will Ryu finally defeat the monster and learn what really happened to his father? Only four episodes remain until the exciting conclusion of Cyril Reed's Ninja Gaiden. Chapter 17 Electricity Ah ha ha like someone who had discovered laughing for the first time. The sound was ugly, awkward. Its abdomen shook. Behind its mask, its eyes were closed. This was Ryu's only chance. He leapt forward. The lightning sparked as it made contact with the tip of Malt's sword. Ryu grabbed its arm. He felt the current surge through him. Malt stopped laughing. The electricity sputtered, then died. Ryu twisted Malt's wrists downwards. What the? It began to say. That was all Malt could get out. With all his strength, Ryu turned the sword and plunged it deep into the unshielded spot near Mouth's collarbone. Acrid, black smoke billowed from the hole made by the sword. Sparks shot out from Mouth's complex inner machinery. From its mouth came a mechanical squeak. It sank to the ground. Impossible, Mouth said. Th- this was not programmed. Ryu leaned toward the dying cyborg. It was hard to believe that this malfunctioning hunk of hardware once dealt a death blow to his father. If only he could go into the past and tell his dad about Malt's fatal weakness. I guess your human side got the better of you, huh? Ryu said softly. He looked away and sighed. Was this what the whole trip had been about? If he had come to America to avenge his father's death, why did the victory feel so empty? Through the slits of the mask, Maul's eyes glowed at Ryu. You think you've avenged your father's death, don't you? You think that when I'm gone, all will be square. But you're wrong! For one thing, I can be constructed again. And as for your father, he is still alive. And he's a captive. You lie, Ryu said. You're, you're saying that to get the last word in, to give me false hope, to, to make me return to the Jacquio. Well, well, I, I won't give you the satisfaction, Moth. I don't believe you. Very well. I shall leave you without mentioning another word. I suppose you don't care enough to know where he's being kept. Why should you care? You never met the man. And besides, he abandoned you. Ryu's temper broke. 
He stormed up to the moth and pulled him by the mask. You can't talk about my father like that. Tell me where this supposed hiding place is. I will go to it, then defeat the Jacquio. If you've tricked me, it, it won't matter. You won't be around to gloat. Maul tried to laugh, but his weakened state, it was just a brittle snicker. Go back through the opening and follow the tunnel when it forks left. At the end, take the passageway made of black stone. In time, you will come across a room. If you manage to enter, you will see your father. But it will be the last thing you ever see. (sighs) With a cough and electric sputter, Moth fell silent. Chapter 18 Ryu let go of Moth. He felt ripped apart inside. Surely this was just a trick. If he followed the path, he would be ambushed. He would be distracted from fighting the Jokio. If he gave in to his emotions, he would be sacrificing the world to a madman the likes of which no one had ever seen before. His father was dead. Impossible as it seemed, he had to face it. He retrieved the sword. Then he took a deep breath. Above him, the sky was beginning to darken. Just above the horizon, the evening's first star peeked at him, sending the shaft of light so strong that Ryu had to blink. It must have been a trick of the jungle error. He had never seen a color so rich or bright. Suddenly, the words of a poem spilled into his thoughts. And when you're lost, my son, when joy becomes despair, I'll send a star of deepest gold to let you know I'm there. It was his father's poem. He, he had written it in the letter. <sighs> Ryu had a knot in his stomach. His eyes began to well. Stop, he told himself. This, this is not the time to succumb to emotions. It was just a coincidence. Still, what, what would be the harm of following Malt's instructions? Ryu knew that he could survive whatever was thrown his way. He jumped into the tunnel. The path was exactly as Moth had told him, except for one thing. There was a guard at the end of a black stone pathway. A guard that walked on four legs and had fangs and growled with an unearthly sound. Ryu kept his distance at first. He couldn't tell if the creature saw him. Its eyes were completely white. As it paced back and forth, Ryu studied its horrible deformed shape. Although its head was a cross between a wolf and a panther, its body was hunched in a permanent crouch, kind of like a frog. Its thigh muscles were the width of a tree trunk, and it barely moved its legs when it walked. Ryu edged closer. He unsheathed his dragon sword. The creature turned to face him. The whites of his eyes shone like beacons. Who dares challenge Kelebaros? Ryu hadn't expected it to talk. He hesitated before speaking, having never addressed an animal before. I, I mean I mean to step by, Kelebaros? You and what army? Kelebaros replied. 
Its upper lip curled backwards if into sort of a snarl, revealing the full length of the top teeth. A greenish venom dripped from the corners of its mouth. The liquid hissed when it hit the floor, leaving white marks on the side of the stone. Acid, Ryu realized. Kelberos, I don't wish to harm you. I mean to enter the room behind you. Kilbras opened his mouth as if to answer. Instead, a stream of acid flew towards Ryu. Ryu ducked. There was a brief tss sound as the drops of the liquid touched a few strands of his hair, burning them away. He crouched low to the ground. Kilbras eyed him warily. It would be risky for him to use the dragon sword. If Ryu got close enough to strike, Kilbras would fry him with acid. Chi power was out because there were no eyeballs for Ryu to look into. Ryu was angry. Angry that this poison-drooling monster might be the only thing standing between him and his father. If his father was alive, that is. He was angry that his father might not be alive. That this might all be just a trick. His rage was enough to activate the art of the firewheel but he knew that he wasn't close enough to use it. There was another aspect of the art of the firewheel, one he had almost completely forgotten about. It would be dangerous. It would be harmful. It was a technique that could backfire. Akira had warned Ryu against using it until he got to be a little bit older. A wisp of smoke drafted past his nostril. Another stream of acid had missed him by only a millimeter. Suddenly, Ryu felt as if he had aged ten years. If he could hear what he was thinking, Akira, he thought, give me your blessing. Ryu let the fury grow. He rolled away as more acid shot towards him. He stood up, thinking about his father, thinking about the conditions he might be in if he, he was in fact still alive, thinking about the nightmare he had gone through just to, just getting this far. Smoke formed around him. It turned to flame. Kelbras cocked its head, looking for a moment, like, like an innocent, curious dog. Then it began rolling back its upper lip again. Ryu rotated his arm. Small spots of fire followed the path of his hand. They gathered into balls, three of them. The balls grew bigger, brighter, more solid. With a powerful heave, Ryu flung the fireballs. The whites of Kelbros's eyes seemed to grow whiter. Its tight, snarling lip fell limp. As the creature disappeared in a burst of light, Ryu thought he heard a final, defenseless whimper. The hall was clear now. The flames around Ryu flickered out, but this time, he didn't feel weak. This time, he had a clear pathway to the door towards which Malth had directed him. It was made of solid steel plates, riveted tightly into a massive structure that stretched upward at least 20 feet. It had been made so that nothing could break in. Or could it be that he didn't want anything to break out? Ryu knew one of two things was in store. A reunion with his father, or certain death. Without a shred of fear, 
he walked towards the door. With a thrust of the dragon sword, he broke the lock. Taking a deep breath, he opened it. To be continued. And now, an open letter to A.L. Singer, author of Ninja Gaiden. Dear A.L. Singer, Wait, what? After 18 chapters, you expect us to believe that this long-dead father is, well, not actually long and dead? You, you expect us to believe that instead of a story of revenge, this is actually a story of, of, of rescue? You mean I was actually right when I predicted that Ryu's father wasn't actually dead a month and a half ago? Well... Let's not get ahead of ourselves. We don't actually know whether or not Dr. Hayabusa is alive or dead. But since, uh, you know, since you brought it up and the options out there, you figure that uh, he's probably alive and well. Captive, maybe, but alive and well. I mean, how much of a fuck you to the audience would it be to learn that, that he might have been alive, but the big reveal is that he died like 12 hours before his son showed up? We would have rioters in the street, destroying everything Ninja Gaiden related. And, and, and let me tell you, with Ninja Gaiden 2 for the Xbox 360 coming out, I guarantee that you don't actually want people destroying everything Ninja Gaiden related. You really don't. The problem is that when I started reading these episodes of Ninja Gaiden, I should have known that Ken Hayabusa would be alive. After all, this is the kind of book that is just begging for a happy ending. Heck, Ryu barely has to kill anything throughout this entire story. Where are all those annoying ninja characters I had to beat up in the NES game? And, and what about those annoying eagles? Where's all the violence? Heck, even if Ryu actually does kill somebody, he doesn't actually die. They, they just seem to disappear into a cloud of smoke. How lame is that? Is it because he's only 13? Let's face it, Scholastic, the company responsible for this book, made sure to sanitize this thing for even the youngest viewer, or reader, or whatever. Even Ryu's sword has been photoshopped out of the cover. No, really. Go to the page and check it out. We, we have it on the Soul Reads Ninja Gaiden homepage. That the dragon sword is completely missing. Then again, I'm sure you already know that. I mean, you are the guy that wrote the book and all. Anyway. This was another exciting episode, but with, with only three more episodes left, I, I, I'm getting a little worried that we aren't going to see any more Dr. Wimple. And I'm telling you, I'm going to be really disappointed if we don't get any more Wimple. I need my wimple. Yours truly, Sir Lachelle. <laughs>